Welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Let's just jump into the Word. Let's, uh, let's not muck around this morning. Let's jump into the Word. I want to read um, a few passages. I want to preach from a scripture that I don't know if I've actually heard anyone else ever preach from, which is maybe dangerous territory, but let's give it a, a whack and see what happens. So we're going to jump into Luke chapter 22, verse 35. So uh, if you've got that big old family Bible on the shelf there in your, in your home, in your lounge church, then grab that out and let's read together. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without purse, bag or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now, if you have a purse, take it and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. Now, of course, we have the Garden of Gethsemane that then takes place. We're going to jump uh, through to the part where Jesus is arrested, which is in verse 47. It says, while he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the chief priest. The, the servant, sorry, of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. It's one of those scenes, I love to put myself in the picture. But it was, you know, this actually happened, of course. We're, we're reading history, what took place. I love to put myself in that place. And I think of that, uh, of that centurion who one minute he's got an ear, the next minute he doesn't have an ear, the next minute he does have an ear. You know, such was the healing power of Jesus. But fascinating that Jesus told them to go and buy a sword. They came, they said, we have two swords. He said, that's enough. And then when Jesus is arrested, he says, don't use the sword. Uh, actually, when you read uh, the four different um, uh, accounts of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's really interesting at this time of arrest, the different aspects that they pick up on. Um, in Matthew, it is recorded that Jesus said, those who live by the sword will die by the sword. In John, I love the account of John where they come up and they say, we're looking for Jesus. And they say, I am he. And they all fall to the ground. Such was the power that was at the disposal uh, of Jesus. And then in Mark, uh, Mark, I, I guess he just wanted to get in on the whole act. And if you look at Mark, it, it for some reason records that there was a young man following Jesus who had a cloak on, and when all of this happened, he just ran off naked. I don't know why Mark had to record that or wanted to record that. Maybe God will give us a revelation on that 
uh, like I believe he has been giving me a revelation on what was going on with these swords. Uh, and it was probably about 20 years ago that a young intern of mine, when I was a, a senior pastor, and he came and he brought this to my attention. And it's one of those things, I love it when you find something in the Bible and he was like, what's this all about? And I was like, I have no idea. But I just have mused on it every now and then uh, over the past 20 years. And it was only probably in the last few weeks that I felt the Holy Spirit just go, actually, I want to breathe on that now, Chris. And I just want to give you a little insight into what was taking place and why that is recorded. So I want to suggest to you, I, I, I want to paint something that I believe that the Holy Spirit has shown me in revelation of what was taking place at that time. And I hope it will bless you. And I certainly, certainly believe that it's going to be powerful as we come into this next time and into this next season. You see, part of my journey last year, uh, as we have fought, we have fought this thing that we cannot see for two years now. And I was just like, God, can I please just have an enemy that I can see? You know, you gave David Goliath. He got a giant that he got to take on. You gave Moses a pharaoh. He was clearly the bad guy in the story that Moses had to uh, get around. You gave Joshua as his first moment of leadership. He crosses the Red Sea and you give him a fortified city. It's just so glaringly obvious that that is what he has to see taken down. You know, I think in this past year, and certainly in this past six months, we started to see uh, a lot of people in our own country just starting to go, what, what, what are we fighting? Who are we fighting? And, and we started to unfortunately start to see um, uh, some fights taking place between each other. Uh, I believe that what we've seen in this past two years, that the root of this thing is incredibly divisive. And the last thing that we want to see is brothers and sisters dividing off uh, with what we've with what is taking place. So that was a part of my journey last year. Another part of my journey last year, and if you heard my message uh, uh, a couple of months back, uh, I talked about how I've had three awful years of my life, and last year was one of those. Uh, up till last year, I'd had two. Prolonged periods of time that went on for about a year that were just so challenging, and, and last year, it, it was definitely one of those things. And, and, and again, part of my question to God was, Lord, am I trying to walk in a greater level of relationship with you than you have actually destined at this time? Actually, have you left a lot more that is uh, open to me and, and you don't want quite as much involvement as I uh, am trying to uh, get at this time? And as he journeyed me through last year, I came to an unwavering conviction that he wants a closer relationship with us than many of us will actually ever pursue. You know, this, is a bit, this was a revelation for me, having been a youth worker, having been a pastor, having been a senior pastor, having been a missionary, having led a, a major uh, mission uh, organizational program. And here I am still learning that actually God is going, Chris, I want, a, I want a much deeper relationship with you than you actually will probably even pursue. I'm like, whoa, mind-blowing. And he started to show me that my seeking of him, especially over the past three years, had set me up for this time and this moment 
and that he wanted to do something absolutely incredible uh, through me just walking in intimacy with him over these past years. And, you know, for uh, many of you know that we own a couple of shops here uh, in the city of Whangarei, um, our, our gelato shop and, of course, our uh, New York deli-style sandwich shop. Um, and I started to see that as I'd listened to him on the placement of our shops, that he had set me up for this past summer. When he said to me, Chris, yep, go for it. If you want to start a burger shop, go for it. That he had set me up in a, in a great way. Now, I've got to tell you, for a lot of last year, that did not feel great. And then when he woke me in April last year and he said, Chris, the burgers aren't going to make it, that he was also setting me up for such a time as this. When I came to a point last year where I went, you know, I could lose everything, but I have two convictions, two clear convictions that God has given me, and I will not waver on those convictions because I know that I know that I know that God has spoken to me about how I am to walk this season. And I thought this could be it. This, this could be it. We could lose absolutely everything, and I was totally ready uh, for that to happen. But of course, he had set me up for this time and this season. And he just continued to navigate us through. And if the burger shop hadn't fallen over, and if we hadn't had the shops in the location we had, then we would not have been able to come through this past summer and, and keep our heads uh, above water. You know, this past summer, we, we've We've survived two work-safe investigations because of the moding that we decided to go with because we had a conviction from God. And both times we've been marked off as being compliant. Why? Because God continued to guide us and continued to lead us and show us that there were things in the legislation that we could legally do and in a way that we could legally operate that kept people safe and bless people at the same time. So, you know, sometimes when we can think everything's going pear-shaped, God is actually just setting us up for the next season that is coming. So I came out of last year just going, wow, my God, I, I, I have a fresh love and a fresh appreciation of how when I walk in intimacy with God, He will set me up for any time and any season that I may find myself in. And so the outcome of that wrestle that I was having with God of questioning him if he wants to walk closely with me and asking him, can I just have an enemy that I can see? He started to wake me up in the night and he started to get me up early. He started to, he started to position me. He started to show me actually how there was an incredible transition that took place where they went with fighting with a physical sword to now actually the battle that I get to be a part is wielding a spiritual sword that is oh so much more powerful. You see, a physical sword may take a centurion down, or if you watch some great movies, they might take three or four different people down with one sword. But a spiritual sword that God has now equipped us with will transform and cause the course of reality to shift and to change and to be set up for kingdom glory. So as we read Jesus talking to them about a sword, I want to suggest to you 
that he was setting them up to stop thinking about it being something physical and to start thinking about it being something spiritual. You know, Jesus clearly wasn't talking about an insurrection. You know, they came back to him and they said, we got two swords. He's like, that's enough. Some scholars would even say, he was saying, that's enough. I, I, I don't want to enter into what he was saying there. But he clearly wasn't setting up for an insurrection because two swords among 13 people wasn't going to do a heck of a lot, was it? Especially when you were about to be uh, faced with those who came to arrest Jesus. You know, he was starting to set them up to think about moving from a sword that would deal with the physical fruit to a sword now that would deal with the spiritual root. Ephesians 6, we know it so well. The armor that we have been given. Uh, and Ephesians 6 starts to really expound upon this thought, where in verse 17 we read that we have been given the sword of the Spirit, that is the Word of God. It's a very interesting thing, because when we, we, we think of the, uh, the sword of the Spirit, we think of the Spirit and the Word being separate. Of course, we've got a triune God, and they all work together. And of course, who was the person that Jesus said to them to wait before they went out into the, all the world and started to use their new sword. Of course, it was the Holy Spirit coming upon them. So the Spirit of God and the Word of God coming together, sharper, cutting things down, transforming nations because of the Word that we speak and the way that we wield it. Wow! And then, of course, uh, Ephesians 12. Again, we know it so well, don't we? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We've gone from fighting the physical fruit to the principalities and powers that are underneath. And he's looking to you and I to take those things on and to bring them down, where they would still seek to masquerade in this world. And then, of course, Another scripture that we know really well as well is 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, where it says that the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We were, he was starting to get a mindset change in them. And then the New Testament starts to expand to us the sword that we now have. You know, the sword that we now have is a sword that will shape the course of history. And he's placed it in your hand and he's placed it in my hand. But it is a sword that is designed to be wielded with the Spirit of God. They were not to leave Jerusalem. They were not to leave that place until they were equipped with this sword, the sword of the Spirit, that is the Word of God. Now, you've got to understand about me that I am not a prayer. I am a doer. I, I don't get excited uh, about spending amazing amounts of time in 
prayer. I love that we have intercessors who get such a kick out of doing it. But as I said in my message last time, I have just, again, I have found myself waking up in the middle of the night just wielding the sword. It, it, it took a thought of going, okay, I want to take whatever, I can't see it, but I want to take this thing on. And if David can take on a Goliath that is coming against the armies of the Most High God with a simple stone, then how do I do it? And that's when God started to really show to me that my prayers are powerful and effective. And so I've been getting out in the backyard and I've been praying and calling and speaking into things. The other night, the family were heading off to bed and I was just like, man, I just need to go out. I just need to pray around our city again. And so I went out there. Man, I just felt the power of heaven as I just wielded that sword and as I just started to speak into things. You know, when we catch a hold of the revelation of what we've been equipped with, our prayer life comes alive in a whole new way. Now, my prayer life took a transformation probably, I would say, 10, 15 years ago when I got fed up with praying prayers and not seeing answers to them. And so uh, somebody gave me a book and it was called A Better Way to Pray. It, it, it was written by Andrew Womack. I, like everybody should read it. Uh, one, one Christmas, we just brought all of our staff, elders, leaders, trustees, that book. Um, when I was in Arnhem Land, I used to give it out like lollies. I was like, you've got to read this book because the fight that you're going to take on here in Arnhem Land, you've got to have, you've got to know the sword and you've got to know how to wield it. And so I, my prayer life started to take a total transformation where I stopped uh, asking things of God that he'd already placed in my hand and I started using uh, what he had placed in my hands. And I started speaking to sickness and commanding it to go. We started speaking to poverty and commanding it to go. And it just, man, it was so exciting uh, doing it. And then there's another book that he uh, has written, which is You've Already Got It. Uh, and so my prayer life had taken uh, quite a transformation. And the thing I love about that is that it helps us understand our identity and our authority and then how we can start to speak into situations. So, you know, I, I, I had got that to a level. But what I started to recognize that over this past six months that God has been speaking to me about is using the sword that is within my hand to shape the course of history. To change the spiritual atmosphere in our city. To speak into things that are happening in our nation as we get in intimacy with him. You know, we don't want to be fighting the rumors of wars. We want to be fighting the wars. And we need the discernment of the Holy Spirit to know the things that we should be going after. You know, sometimes I feel like, I wonder if we're just like kind of like with a, with a water pistol and we just, there's so much in the world that we just want to have a shot at everything. Whereas I actually believe God is really looking in this time and the season, he's honing different people to hit different things because of the anointing and the calling that is upon your life. You know, one of the sayings that I love is that your complaint is your cause. You know, different people have different complaints to me. Well, then start to pray into where your complaint is. Start to speak into it. Start to get the mind of Christ and start to bring a transformation into that place. That's pretty exciting, eh? You know, I, I spoke to you just before things really started to get messy last year, and I said, you know, we were in a time where it was like when Jesus had fed the 5,000, he had fed the 4,000, and then he had such a crowd, he had momentum going, and then he just turns to them and he, he, he gives them the, this discourse. 
about unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And, you know, it just must have been like, you know, the grossest sermon of the day because so many people just turned and they walked. And, of course, he looked at the 12 and he said, are you going too? And Simon Peter, I think it is, uh, looks back at him and says, Father, uh, Jesus, where else will we go? You have the words of eternal life. And the point that I was bringing out of that is that will we still follow Jesus in a time and a season when we have no idea what he is doing? Because we know his heart. And, and my encouragement to people at that time was to not get distracted with the different things that were going on and the different side battles, but to keep our focus on Jesus and to hold true to the course that he had us on. And, and I believe this church has walked that road so incredibly well so incredibly well and I'm just so proud actually to be a part of this church in the way uh, that this time in this season has been walked but I went on there and the Holy Spirit had spoken to me and he, he gave me the parable of the miners and of course the miners were entrusted to different people and as they invested them as the master came back and they showed him what they had done with those miners he then, he didn't give them more miners. This is not the parable of the talent. He said, I will put you in charge of cities. And I believe we're coming into a time and a season where God is saying, I am entrusting cities to people. I am trusting cities to churches. And so as I started to look at how God had been really speaking to me, he'd been taking me from fighting the lion and the bear from praying for the finances, for praying for healing amongst our, uh, our family and, and those sorts of things and, and those in close proximity, we're actually starting to transform and say, Chris, actually the sword that I've given you is a whole lot more powerful. That sword is to be wielded and bring transformation into cities. And I want to say to you, Renew Church, that God is looking for a company of people who will understand the sword, who will walk with him in intimacy and will bring a transformation in cities and in this nation. And I believe that right now the Holy Spirit would say, I am looking to you. You shall be counted amongst that number. I, I hope in Lounge Churches right now there is a sense of excitement about what God is doing. He is wanting, this is a cool picture he showed me, See, Chris, I am wanting to release to you the coordinates of the targets that you are to hit in prayer. And there'll be some that we share, but there'll be some that different people go out and they go, that is a target that I feel the Holy Spirit is saying I need to go after. He is wanting to release to you the coordinates for the targets to hit with that sword that he has given to you. I, mean, I don't know. If you're not a prayer necessarily, can I encourage you that your prayer life is about to get a whole lot more exciting? I got, I got to wrap up. Uh, I had another couple of uh, stories that I wanted to tell you, but I'll have to wait till next time. Just some great accounts of uh, when I was part of a global mission organization and, and we, saw, we saw favor, we saw uh, a governmental system change uh, for our organization because our team honed in and went on a, 
uh, with prayer, but you'll have to wait. Uh, spoiler alert for maybe the next message. But I want to leave you with a few questions. Your home group uh, or your lounge church leaders have got those questions. Um, but I, I really want to uh, throw this question uh, out to you today is have you really thought about the power of the sword that you are equipped with? Do you perceive prayer as a weapon in your hand that shapes the course of history? Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.